Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. We have arrived at the final week of Advent and let me just review what we've been talking about in this missional Christmas series we started talking about engaging others and that's what mission is all about that's what being a missional christian a missional church is all about not just focusing on us but going on god's mission to others and jesus said in john 17 just as you sent me into the world i'm sending them you and me into the world so christmas is all about going to others and we talked about the fact that since the church has a mission the church has a mission because jesus has a mission We have a mission because Jesus had a mission. And then the second week, we talked about generosity. And I I love being around generous people because they just seem more fulfilled and complete. And God tells us that there are three things that will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And we spoke how generosity is love in action. Generosity is faith in action. Generosity is hope in action. And then last week we spoke about serving and I kind of twisted it a little bit and talking about what matters, asking what matters most to us. What are we, what really fills us in our life? Because when we are shaken and we've been shaken this year, that's what others are going to see. That's what others are going to experience. So it's important that we fill ourselves with Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit. So when we're shaken, that people get patience and love and kindness, not the other junk that, uh, that a sinful, our sinful desire our sinful nature desires and craves. Well, this week we're talking about peace, and I really am really looking forward to speaking on this because peace is such an important topic for us, and especially as we try to reach others on mission. At Christmas time, we sing about peace on earth, but so many people are not experiencing peace on earth. Um, There are churches struggling. There are marriages struggling. There are families struggling. And I really honestly could take this whole sermon time and just talk about the struggles I've encountered this week alone with churches, marriages, and families who are are struggling. But I'm not here to focus on the storms today. I'm here to focus on the peace we can have in the storm today. These days, right now, in which we're living, we see many people who are not at peace. That's why I want to talk about this. We see busy people. We see active people. We see stressed people. We see tired people. But more than any other Christmas I can remember, I do not see people at peace. They don't have peace in their life. So we're going to talk about peace today. And the Bible tells us this is why Jesus came. The, the, the angels at the very first Christmas said, glory to God on the highest and the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased and peace on earth. This is when Jesus was coming into the world. And then as he's getting ready to leave the world to go back to heaven, he says this, I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot Give. Remember that. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. And Jesus also tells us this. I told you all this so that you may have what peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. God is very honest about this. 
but take heart, he says, because I have overcome the world. So this morning, we're going to talk about three different types of peace we can have. In fact, we must have in our life. And we're going to talk about eternal peace. We're going to talk about internal peace and relational peace. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today, because this series is all about going on mission to reach others. And that's relational peace. Fact is, because he came, we go. Because Jesus did, we do. We go and we want to go in peace and with the peace and with peace so others may find peace. So let's talk about eternal peace. This is peace with God. Eternal peace is a must-have foundation, is the must-have foundation, because this is the peace that everything else is built on. This is the peace that we have with God. The premise of this message is simply this. If you don't have peace with God, you cannot have the peace of God. And if you don't have the peace of God, then you do not have the peace of God to give to others. Now, how wonderful it would be if you were known as the person who was at peace. In fact, when others saw you, they would think that, that you are a peaceful person. You bring peace to the situation. You bring peace into the room. And when, they, when they're around you, they feel at peace. And they feel like they would like to know this peace and find this peace for themselves because they see it in you. I think all of us would like to be known as that person who brings peace. But to have it, or in order to give it, you must have it to give. You have to have it in order to give it. And here's a great example. This is Christmas. I'm feeling so generous today that I wrote um, out a check to my friend David Gagne for $1 million. There it is. $1 million is dated, it's signed, it's a legitimate, it's a legal document. I'm giving Dave Gagne $1 million. Now, I can't see Dave today like normally. He's usually right on the other side of the screen here. Uh, uh, that's not happening this Sunday. But I can tell you right now, Dave is back at, at home watching this right now as I preach, and he's not excited. <laughs> he's not jumping up going, yay, filled with glee because he knows me so well he knows I don't have the million dollars to give him I I mean he, he knows that even though I wrote it out and have the intentions and and that I cannot give because I do not have to give but if Bill Gates came to David and said David I'm going to give you a check for one million dollars I'll guarantee you David will be up and leaping and jumping about the house and buying me sushi every week for the year because he knows that Bill has the, the means to give it it doesn't mean much as much to him he can give it and and that changes everything. You see, no one can give me eternal peace but God. You may wish it for me, but you don't have the means to give it to me. Only God can give that to me. And I'm so glad to receive it from the one who's able to give. No matter how or no matter what happens, what this broken world throws at me, and it throws things at us. It cannot rob me of the peace I have with God. 
I was reading on a friend's uh, Facebook this week, um, someone I know who's, who's in their family going through, um, I mean, horrible struggles and that, that also is affecting their church family and, and who's going through the struggles as well. And he wrote, he said, this is a difficult time. You see, he said, but I've learned the most important thing is to remember who's in the boat with us, Jesus. And then he said, what are you grateful for? And those of us who are friends with him start writing things that we're grateful for. And I responded to his Facebook post this way. I'm grateful that when Jesus got into the boat, before the storm hit, he declared, let us go over to the other side. His word never fails. So Jesus knew the storm was coming, but he declared at the very beginning, it's not, it's not going to overcome us. We're not, it's not going to overwhelm us. We're going to the other side. There are storms coming. We know that. But as believers and followers of Jesus, we know he is with us in and through the storm. He tells us we will go with him to the other side. The storms will not overcome us. They will not destroy us. We can have a real peace and real storms because we have this real Jesus with us, living in us and through our life. You know, one day, the ultimate storm of life will hit us. And I know this broken world will do its ultimate worst to me. It will kill me. It will rob me of this physical life. And one day you're going to hear uh, about Mark Royal has died. And, and some storm or some sickness or some calamity uh, hit me and it took me. And I know this day is coming. But I can face the storm today. Why? Because I'm facing it with eternal peace. I have the presence of God. I have a Jesus who says, we are going to go to the other side. There will be a storm. It will be called death. Don't worry about it. I'm there in that. I'm with you through that. And when you die, I'm going to usher you in to eternal life with me forever. You say, well, Mark, well, how do you know that? And I say, just because the Bible tells me so. God tells me. We read in the Bible, God has done it all. He sent Christ to make peace between himself in us. I have eternal peace because I made peace with God through Jesus Christ here and now. To have peace with God, you must admit, first of all, you got to admit, I don't have peace with God. And you must admit and confess that your sin has caused this rift between you and God. And sin, uh, sin is always when we choose to be the Lord of our own life. We want to take control of our life and ignore God's direction for our life. We live our life as if we are the authority. We are the king and not God. The problem with this is we actually get what we want, a life without God. And not only here, but forever, a life without God. The Bible calls it hell. A life without peace. And a life without God is a life without peace. God alone can give, give us the peace we need, but we, you know, we want to disconnect from God and plug in all these things of the world, thinking maybe this will give me peace, maybe this, maybe this, I'll try this. Where is there peace? Well, you cannot find eternal peace, the kind of peace God gives in this world. As we read earlier, it's a gift, and only Jesus can give that to us. Peace with God doesn't come from the efforts of man, 
or from the things of man, but rather from the fact Jesus died on the cross so we could have peace with God. And that's exactly the message God wants us to know. Uh, And we read about it in his word. He says this in Romans. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. So peace with God doesn't come from what you do. Peace with God comes from what Jesus did. Peace with God through Jesus now means eternal life for us today. It starts today. We have it now, and we'll have it with him forever. And this is what God is offering us. You know, you talk about the best Christmas gift ever. And the Bible is so clear that that it says even when we were God's enemies, that is, even when we were were trying to plug into everything else and, and not allow him to be Lord of our life, he did this. He made peace with us because his son died for us, even while we were sinners. Yet something even greater than friendship is ours. What is it? Now that we are at peace with God, what will happen? We will be saved by his son's life. Peace with God now is eternal peace with God forever. That's eternal peace. That You must have that before you go on to the next thing, which is internal peace. Where eternal, eternal peace is peace with God, internal peace is the peace of God. When I have peace with God, I can have the peace of God in my life. And as we saw at the beginning of this message, that video uh, we saw about how the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And we all know that. We've heard that word many times. But shalom means more than just peace. Shalom means more than just the absence of conflict in my life. The absence of conflict would be peace. But shalom means not just the absence of this conflict, but replacing it and filling it with this absence, this void, with the presence of God, thus making us complete and whole. Not walking around empty, but full of God. And here's what we need to know about shalom and and the peace of God. For those with a confused heart, he gives a guiding peace. Every problem we face we, we need to know every problem we face, there's almost eight, 800 promises or scriptures talking about peace. Every problem we face, there's a scripture about how we have the peace of God in that. So if we have a broken heart, he will give us comforting peace. For those who have a confused heart, he gives us guiding peace. For those who have a shamed heart because of the sin in our life, he gives us a forgiving peace. We have a worrying heart, he would give us a confident peace. In our life, God has a peace for every problem we would face. I love this verse. This is the key verse. Philippians, don't worry about everything, or don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to say, um, this is not based on scientific uh, principles or surveys or statistics say. This is just what I believe. But I'm going to say for Christians, this is probably one of the most unfollowed scriptures in all the Bible. And I say this because where it says don't worry about anything, we we tend to worry about everything. And we're told to pray about everything. And while we agree that, that, we, that prayer is important, we don't always act and practice as if prayer, prayer is the powerful thing we say it is. 
because we don't put it in practice. We really don't believe it's going to impact our lives the way that God says it will and can. The Bible says that we are to thank him for all he has done. And you listen to believers and you see, do they default to, to complaint and criticism or do they default to thanksgiving? Are they a thankful people? Do they speak the language of lament or blessing? Do they tend to be grateful or grumpy? And I want you to hear this. This is the part that got me most excited about today's message. If we, this coming year, just made these three simple decisions in our life, don't worry about anything, pray about everything, thank God for all all he has done. If we just kept it simple for 2021, and we decided that we're going to make these three things the focus of our life. There's so many things. There's so much good. But these are the three things we're going to focus on. How much better and how more at peace would you be in this coming year? If you choose not to worry, but to trust God. If you chose to make prayer not just an activity or a duty, but a lifestyle. And you chose this posture of thanksgiving. What will happen? Well, God tells us. The rest of the verse says, then, so you do these three things, then you're going to experience what? God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. We were talking this about our men's life group this last Thursday night, how there's this peace we can have. It doesn't make any sense to the world. Like, how can you have peace in this chaos? It doesn't make sense. It's, it's, beyond, uh, it's anything, beyond anything we can understand. Well, it's because it's God's peace in us. And his peace will guard your hearts, it says, and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What if this year you just took a journal? And some of us say we have trouble journaling and we don't do it regularly. What if we then just wrote down those three things? And every day we wrote down how I'm not worrying about these things. I'm going to trust God for these things. And then we wrote, we prayed about these things. And then we thanked God for these things and other things. What if that was our journal this year? Don't worry, I'm trusting God for these things. I'm going to pray about, I'm praying about these things. I'm thanking God for these things. See, God promises you, if you do those three things, if you choose to follow it in faith, you would have his peace. So that's internal peace, which we only have if we have eternal peace with God. And finally, let's talk about relational peace. And this is, all about peace with others. And this series is, fo- is focused on go and to go on mission. It's a missional church, a missional Christmas. And we know that we can offer to those. We know if we have this peace, we can impact, influence in it, others who we come in contact with. Because when I have eternal peace with God, eternal peace, then I'm able to have inward peace with God. And when I have inward peace with God, then I'm able to offer others this relational peace. I can give you peace because I have peace. It's not a false check. It's real. I have it because of God. Do you know what a group of believers and followers of Jesus have when they have peace with God and a peace of God? Do you know what they have? They have unity. Because they are able to offer peace to one another. They have eternal peace with God. They have the inward peace of God. They're able to give peace to one another. 
Show me someone who's causing dissension in the church, and I'll show you one who's not at peace. Unity among us as a church is the most compelling witness to others who don't have peace. That Jesus is who he is, that he did what he did, and it gives us the peace that he says it would give us. Because he himself tells us this in the Bible. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples, not only for those back in the day, but also for those who will ever believe me, that's us, through their message. I pray that they will be one. And he says to God the Father, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I'm in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity, listen to this, that the world will know. Get that? May they experience such perfect unity together that the world will know that you sent me, that you love them as much as you loved me. So Jesus is saying, I'm praying not just for the disciples I have around me right now, back those 2,000 years ago, but for all who will ever believe in this message. So I'm assuming that's you and I today. We believe in Jesus. We believe in his message. And he says, I pray that they will be one. They will be unified. And he's hoping that we would do that, that we would choose to, 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 to follow him and be one as he and the Father are one. Why? So that the world would believe that Jesus came and died on the cross and offered them the gift of eternal peace and inward peace. There it is. The compelling witness for others to know Jesus is who he says he is because we are at peace with one another. We have unity among us. And Jesus goes on to pray, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me, that you love me as much as you love them. And the world needs to know that. They need to know that God loves them. He has a plan for them. He cares for them. And a world where churches try to find to use the most effective evangelistic programs and plans for outreach, the most effective one, the one with the greatest impact is peace among believers. We call it unity. Jesus calls it the most effective missional program in the world. You see, the world can't find real peace. You get it? You just watch the news and you watch it and you can tell this world does not know where to find peace. All they report on is, is chaos and discord and racism and fraud and unrest and greed. They worry and they're frantic. Of course they would be. And when they see you and me at peace and with peace, that impacts them. They want to know why you have that peace. They want to know how they can find that peace. My son-in-law was preaching on peace a few weeks ago, and in his message, he told the story. Let me close just by reading this short story for you. It's a great illustration of peace in a chaotic world. It says, once there was a king who offered a prize to the artist who would paint the best picture of peace. The contest stirred the imaginations of artists everywhere. Many artists wanted a chance at, a winning, at winning the prize. Paintings from far and wide began to arrive. The king looked at all the pictures uncovering one peaceful scene after another as onlookers clapped and cheered. The tensions grew as only two pictures remained veiled. As the king pulled the cover from one, a hush fell over the crowd. 
It was a picture of a calm lake. The lake was a perfect mirror for peaceful, uh, the lake was a perfect mirror for peaceful towering mountains all around it. Overhead was a beautiful blue sky with fluffy white clouds. Along the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. All who saw this picture thought it was the perfect picture of peace. Surely this was the winner. The king uncovered the last painting, and the crowd gasped in surprise. Could this be peace? This picture had mountains like the previous painting, but these were rugged and bare, and above was an angry sky from which rain fell and which lightning played. Down the side of the mountain tumbled a foaming waterfall, and the crowd could almost feel its cold, penetrating spray. This did not look peaceful at all. But when the king looked closely, he saw a little bird had built a nest on a branch of a tree, a tree that had reached out in the direction of this tumultuous waterfall. Yet there, in the midst of the rush of angry water, undisturbed in her storming surroundings, sat the mother bird on her nest in perfect peace. The king chose the last picture, this picture. The world is aware of the discord. They understand this is a place of chaos. They understand what Jesus said, in this world you will have troubles and sorrows. They know it so well. What they see, what they need to see and experience and know is this peace among the chaos. They need to be like that bird resting on the nest in perfect peace. And that only comes when we have eternal peace with God. Then we have the inward peace with God. And then we're able to reach out to others with that peace. Um, that's your decision. You hear a message, you hear God's words, and go, that's good, that's interesting. But will you follow through? Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So as we go to our take two time, and this is a church renewal principle we've been doing during this time of covid um, we've been taking two minutes at the end of every message, just reflecting and asking God, what is one thing you want me to know today? From this message, from the scripture was read, that through the songs. See, God speaks to you. And we want to give him time that we may listen to what he says. So take these two minutes and see if God would not direct you and stir something in your heart that he wants you to know. And then ask him, how should I respond to this today, God? What would you want me to do with this? So let's do this. Let me pray with you before we go. So, Lord, you said at that first Christmas, peace on earth. And, Lord, we are here 2,000 years later, and we're very much aware of the chaos on earth and wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and tornadoes and, oh, this civil disrest and uh, health problems and worldwide pandemic, God. And we understand we could look and be so overwhelmed by the, the, the chaos, but in it all comes you, Lord. And we know that we can have peace. Not as the world gives, but only as you're able to give. You alone can write that check for us, God. And I pray today, Lord, the temptation for us will be to forget what was said today. To go back and do what we're doing, preparing for Christmas, and not think and focus on what it is you want us to know. And what decisions we can make today to have peace and to give peace to others. So God, use these two minutes. Speak to us, Lord, and help, tell us how we can respond today in Jesus' name. Amen.
Merry Christmas and God bless you, my friends. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and we look forward to seeing you soon and know that there is a place for you at the gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.